nowadays with the way the world is and you know all the bad stuff that we see all the time a lot of people have anxiety at least to some degree more than you know people in past generations and i think that anxiety can play a big part in allowing our fears to dictate our actions your host and today we're joined by one of our team managers Stephen Shoki. Stephen how are you doing today? I'm doing pretty good glad to be back how are you? Uh, wonderful weather's uh, chilling down a bit but finding ways to stay warm and that kind of coincides that fear of cold that desire to not be cold is our topic for today. For everyone listening here today we're pulling a topic from our favorite book written by Kevin Johnson entrepreneur is mine and today's topic is focused on push beyond your fear so Stephen, kicking off today's episode we'll begin with a quote and it comes from an indian philosopher as soon as a fear approaches near attack and destroy so when you hear this what comes to your mind i mean basically what the philosopher is saying is you can't let your fears make you freeze you know, you can't let them control you. You need to be able to, you know, step up and say, you know, I might be afraid of this, but it's something that I got to do or something that I have to take care of. And then do whatever it is you need to do to psych yourself up in a way that you can push past it. Okay. Okay. So <clears throat> taking a step back, how do you define where fear comes from? So I actually don't know this one. My best guess would be that fear is just a defense mechanism of your subconscious. Your brain knows that it wants to stay intact and it's going to do everything it can to make you not go into positions where it may be harmed. Okay. Okay. I, I definitely agree with you that defense mechanism thing about early humans, animals in general, there's some kind of response to what's coming up. Just like, for example, if you knew that a predator is coming nearby, language came about to help describe what someone saw so they can react when the predator is coming. They can be like, oh, there's the animal coming, you should probably get going. Or on the contrary, from the contrary, if there's a prey nearby, they can go and rally people to go after that prey. So connecting that to the animal instincts, that naturalness of it all, how does that relate to pushing forward and challenging yourself better in relation to fear? So I want to say first that I don't think fear is always a bad thing, right? Fear is there and it serves a very important purpose to help us recognize dangerous situations that are potentially harmful. Us. But there is also, you know, more, you know, irrational fears, you know, uh, people think like the fear of ladybugs, right? Like a ladybug's not going to hurt you, but people are still scared of it. And so kind of thinking about that, you really want to, anytime you encounter something that you're afraid of, you need to take a step back and be like, is this something that is actually going to hurt me? What is the potential for harm here? Right? kind of take that risk assessment. And then, you know, if it's something like, you know, it's just a ladybug. I mean, I say that as somebody who's not afraid of ladybugs, but it's just a ladybug. You'd be like, okay, then I'm just going to walk past it. Like no harm, no foul. Um, But if it's a situation more of, you know, I feel like 
I'm about to get stabbed, you know, or like I'm going to get punched. That's a fear where, you know, you really need to look at what is in your surroundings that's causing you to think that. What is around you? And I think that's more of like the animalistic primal side to what we're talking about. Cool. I like how you bring up risk management, a useful tool that can be utilized to understand, oh, this is what's going on and these are ways we can help mitigate it, prevent it from happening down the road. So thinking of big picture now for individuals, maybe students, early career folks, how do you suggest that they go about identifying different weaknesses they have or maybe sources of fear that may be holding them back? So self-reflection is always this really complicated thing, right? Because some people have an ego where they don't think anything's wrong with them. And some people have low self-esteem where they think everything's a problem, right? First, you need to sort that out. You need to figure out where you are self-esteem wise and self-image wise. And then you can start taking a look at things that may be holding you back, right? Because if you you take a look at your self-esteem, self-image, and you find that you have a poor self-image, right? Like you're always down on yourself. You think that, you know, you're you're fat or you're too skinny or you're ugly. These are things that will hold you back. And so you have to attack things at their most basic level before you can get into the more complicated stuff, right? So say you, Nelson, are working this job, right? And you have this really big like project proposal that you have to do. And you know, you don't even know where to start. You're afraid that you're going to mess it up, right? And you have zero motivation to even try. You want to first think about why are you afraid of trying, right? Is it because you failed in the past? Is it because people have said that, you know, you're not smart or you're not good at this? Once you figure that out, well, now you know kind of the root of your fear, failing in this new task. And so you kind of look at other things from there. You're like, oh, but I did this other thing really well and people liked it and thought that it was cool. And you can use other experiences to gain confidence and trust in yourself to push past what you're fearing now. You know, seeing that reminds me of something called Maslow's Hierarchy of Needs. Have you heard about this before? Yep. And <clears throat> because I you said um, the scheme, I believe that is level four, thinking about what attributes give you strength, respect, that status, recognition, type of concepts. So yeah, no, definitely agree on that. If you can help build up that triangle, you can get towards that self-actualization. If you have the physiological needs, safety, the belonging, and that speed. So do you personally have experiences with going into the unknown, the fear, and challenging yourself to grow? I have a lot of different experiences, both professionally and then also more of in the realm of self-discovery. Professionally, I'll, I'll always hark back to the first year I was with Green Roof because that was it. That was a time, <laughs> you know. I I came into the Green Roof team as a computer science major, just exiting my freshman year, and what I joined was not computer science stuff. You know, I knew nothing about what you had me working on with Gustavo and Devin, uh, looking at circuits and stuff. And I can tell you the fear of frying Arduino, Arduinos and Raspberry Pis and circuits that I know cost money and stuff that I knew if I messed up, like we might not be able to get another one. Like that was always there. Uh, I was always afraid of doing something wrong and breaking something, especially because it wasn't mine, like personally. And it wasn't until I'd been with the team for a while. I've been working on the circuits and everything with Devin and Gustavo learning how to solder properly. 
and all that. And really just getting to know you guys where it's like, okay, if I mess up, they're just going to laugh at it and then move on and teach me not to do it again. So, you know, I work through the fear that way and just giving it time and getting comfortable with everyone because that's just really how you grow in a more self-development sense. There's multiple fears that I can think of off the top of my head. The biggest one that I encountered, one that affected me the most was like a fear of dying right? Everyone's afraid of dying, but sometimes it can become too much. You know, you think about it too often, you're always running these scenarios through your head. And it took me a very long time, very long time, a lot of work to come into the realization that, you know, it's going to happen eventually. I don't need to keep thinking about however many ways it could happen at this moment. I need to focus on what I need to do to be happy and live every day to its fullest and enjoy the time that I have here. And then when it does happen, no, however suddenly or however long years of build up to it, like I'm going to be fine. A lot of what people are afraid of, it just takes time to work through and get over. You're not going to get over a fear completely in a day. There are professional rock climbers who fear every single time that they get on the wall, they're going to fall off because it's a scary thought. It's a terrifying thought of what could happen. It's not always about completely getting over the fear. It's about being able to manage it within yourself, recognizing that it's there and then being able to say, I'm afraid of this, but I know the risks and I'm going to do it anyway. Awesome. Yeah. And the way that you're describing that and how you can only control what you can control, this your concept of locus of control. Are you familiar with that? I am not familiar with that one. Okay. So locus of control basically means and describes a mindset where you have and you understand that there are external forces coming in, externalities, and then info, internal forces that have influence over outcomes. So, for example, if you go skydiving, first couple of times you have to go with a, a professional, a trained individual, and they have full control over parachute, guiding, and the entire process. Basically, you're there, just hooked onto them, you have no control. You do have control in the sense that if you shake a lot and you uh, mess them up or you knock them out, like in the show Drake and Josh, <laughs> don't need to go to plan B. Plan B, they do not talk about because there shouldn't be a plan B. But that's the idea of external forces. This person's guiding you and they'll be there with you the entire time. Now on the other side of internal forces, for example, studying for a test. You can choose how long you study for that test. You can choose how often you get distracted. You can choose all of these different factors internally without even having external forces come in. So this idea of you can control only what you can't control try and control external forces that influence you may not work out. Now you can influence obstacles and choices that can help mitigate, prevent external forces coming in, but you can only control your own actions. All right. I I have never heard of, you know, the term, but I have heard of like the general principle and sense of it. Yeah. Like I would say the most common use of it would come into play with like accountability. Like if we have a meeting where we're meeting at a place at say 6 p.m and you arrive at 601 and the reason was traffic now yes traffic played a part in it but what could you have done to prevent that could you have um leave your place earlier could you have prepared what you're going to wear what you have to bring ahead of time so then you, have, you didn't have to right before you can't control traffic you can't control what how many people are out there but you can control factors that can help mitigate that 
or prevent that beat as an obstacle. Workers control votes. <laughs> so, Stephen, um, thinking about that into here, how do you think locus control can play a part in helping people push past their fears? I mean, for me, it was as simple as, you know, coming to terms with the fact that I can't control everything. A lot of people nowadays, especially nowadays, with the way the world is and, you know, all the bad stuff that we see all the time, a lot of people have anxiety at least to some degree, more than, you know, people in past generations. And I think that anxiety can play a big part in allowing our fears to dictate our actions. The locus of control is a good way of kind of separating that, separating the anxiety and working through it. Because once you come to terms with the fact that you can't control everything, there's always going to be something every single day where, you know, you did not decide to make it happen, but it did anyway. If you're walking down the street, how many cars pass you every single day? Any one of them could sort of hit you. Any one of them. There's nothing you could do about it. There is not an action that you could take that would change that. So yeah. are you so are you just not going to walk on the sidewalk anymore? No, you still got to walk on the sidewalk. You got to go places. Are you going to be terrified every single day that you step onto the sidewalk? You could be, or you could be like, you know what? The odds of a car swerving and hitting me are so low. Why is that going to be something that I'm going to be terrified of at this point? Like just think about like probabilities, like the probability of being on a plane that crashes pretty low, relatively speaking, but being in a car crash even higher. But we still do those actions. We still go on planes. People still drive cars, knowing that probability. But understanding what they can control and what they cannot. So coming towards the end of today's episode, Stephen, do you have perhaps three takeaways for someone as they begin confronting a fear of theirs? So my first kind of word of wisdom would be exposure. If you have a fear of something, you're not going to get over it if you don't expose yourself to it. My example of being afraid of dying, like I'm not saying like get closer to death. That's not what I'm saying. But it's more like, you know, don't hide away from it. Don't try to avoid reading obituaries or, you know, shows that involve death. My second key takeaway would be try to do your best if you're afraid of something, if something's going wrong, to write down a list of what in that situation you can control and what is out of your control. The third takeaway kind of goes to number two. Write down the risks. What are the risks if it goes wrong? What are the risks if I don't do it at all? That is really going to help you decide how to push beyond the manner in which you want to go about going after your fear and tackling it. And I think just combining all of those is the best way that I have found personally to overcome my fears and situations and to really grow because that's kind of the method that I've been using for the past 10 years. Sweet. Well, folks, if you didn't have a chance to write that down, rewind the episode and go write down Stephen's three big takeaways. Stephen, thank you again for jumping on the episode today. Thanks for having me. And for everyone listening, if you enjoyed this episode, give us a like rating. Go listen to other episodes. And if you want to learn more about the company as a whole, come visit our website, greenroofteam.com. And remember, folks, stay sustainable.